I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Carlos Acevedo on the line. He's the founder over at the Crypto Community Project. Uh, Carlos, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Adam. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at the Crypto Community Project. But before we do that, let's get a little bit more in your background. So how'd you get started in your career? So, I mean, my career as an educator started about 15 years ago, and uh, mostly located in the Bronx. But in around <clears throat> around 2008, I left New York City and moved down to Costa Rica. Um, I lived there for about four years and taught down there as well. And that's actually where I became familiar for the first time with cryptocurrency. Unfortunately, I didn't purchase Bitcoin at the time. But um, when I was trying to actually pay for my wedding, uh, my my SWIFT transfer was denied uh, three times, and this is from a bank account that I own in the United States to a bank account that I own in Costa Rica. So you can imagine my own frustration. Um, and so when I was aware of cryptocurrency, it was kind of in the peripheral, so we're talking about 2010, 2011. So it was still quite new, and I was aware of it, but wasn't kind of capable or understanding yet to utilize it. And then we moved back to the United States, and I started teaching again. And then um, I actually became fascinated with Dogecoin, if you'd believe that, in around 2014, and traded in Dogecoin for a little bit and had my own wallet and utilized a Google Wallet back then to pay people I met on Reddit for the cryptocurrencies and just kind of learned the exchange. Now, um, it didn't really go anywhere, obviously, because Dogecoin is a joke as it was meant to be. But that was my first taste of the actual uh, industry or the ecosystem that is cryptocurrency. And so when the explosion was happening in 2017, I was quite prepared to take advantage of that, uh, whereas I already had a Coinbase account and had a familiarity with the idea of holding a mobile wallet, uh, public keys and private keys. And so Dogecoin eventually allowed me to kind of learn best practices at a very low-cost, low-risk environment. So I was very lucky about that. Um, so uh, I teach high school English in the South Bronx, and during some of my classes, uh, students were asking me about Bitcoin because they had seen my phone and they had seen that I was actively trading and investing in it. And usually during lunch, students would kind of gather in my classroom. So we would just kind of like sit down and, and have a conversation about different things, whether it be current events or you know, artists or popular culture, and so Bitcoin came up. And then when Bitcoin came up, uh, they were very interested, obviously, because the price at that point was was hurdled, was climbing towards 19,000 in Bitcoin. And so what we ended up doing was having kind of a sit down where I went on used the smart board where I wrote information and explained about what an open blockchain was and really saw kind of interest peaked in their eyes. Uh, when you're a teacher for a long enough time, you know when you're discussing something with a student and their interest is aroused because there's something in their eyes. Um, and I saw that. And so it, in a kind of serendipitous turn of events, 
uh, Heather Long of the Washington Post was a mentor to one of my students, and she got wind of what I was doing and reached out to speak to me. And so one of the running jokes in my class was, Acevedo, when are you going to give me Bitcoin? When are you going to give me Bitcoin? And, you know, being that I am a, a, an employee of the city of New York, I can't really legally transfer a value of any kind to a student. That's a, a conflict of interest. And then what I ended up doing was at graduation, once their diplomas were given to them, they were officially adults and outside of the school system. And so I gifted, I gifted all of them Zcash. Um, and that was something I had decided to do um, for two reasons. One, because of the privacy focus. Um, I wanted to teach them about privacy and cryptocurrency. And two, at the point at that time, Bitcoin was trading quite high and transaction fees were quite high. So if I were going to send cryptocurrency to a number of students, well, it's going to cost me a bit more money. But uh, I actually did that while Heather was present and she wrote an article about it. And that's how I kind of got on the radar of um, the electric towing company and the developers of Zcash. So that's, so based upon that, um, I saw interest and I thought, you know, I really thought, I think hard. My family is from uh, the South Bronx. Uh, my grandparents uh, came to the United States in the 1940s and my mother and father grew up in that area back when it was, you know, the, uh, the kind of poster child for urban blight. And so, um, I've always kind of thought hard about, you know, just the community. I just have a personal connection to it, though I did not grow up there. And what ended up happening is that I just saw uh, what cryptocurrency's possibilities were. And then in addition, listening to and reading the books by Andreas Antonopoulos gave me a big background on understanding just what banking the unbanked meant uh, and the and how cryptocurrencies are applicable to these communities. And so um, there's this big conviction in crypto about banking the unbanked and about, you know, showing what this technology can do. And they think about far-flung places. And I knew from personal experience that banking the unbanked could very much be applied to the South Bronx. And so I decided what better way to do that than to create a crypto community project um, to educate uh, underserved low-income communities in cryptocurrency and blockchain technology because it was, in my view, created for people such as them. That's awesome. And I, I love the uh, the mission and what you're doing and how you're spreading. And, and it's really kind of your slant. What makes it so interesting for me is that it kind of is really just taking this, um, you know, obviously crypto and, and all of these different things. It's just another um, component of financial literacy that's necessary for uh, us going forward. And when you think about some of these underserved communities, especially, if they don't, they don't necessarily have the financial tools of the old model and the old system, let alone um, cryptocurrency or, or a new model that's already being introduced when an old model has left many of their communities behind in the first place. So it's like if people like yourself aren't really um, for like really thinking ahead on something like this, um, then that gap of financial education and literacy just gets even wider, which is scary to think about, in my opinion. Um, well, I'm happy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm happy you bring that up, Adam, because one of the things that I used to do quite a bit in my class, I have se I taught seniors. I still teach seniors, and 
a number of them have zero education in personal finance and financial literacy. So also during lunch, um, students would come to me in great numbers to help them apply for a credit card, uh, apply for a bank account. And so it would be as simple, and keep in mind, again, I'm an English teacher, and I'm not the, I'm not the personal finance teacher, but I would explain to them uh, the difference is something that you and I might take for granted was complete alien information to them. So to understand the differences between a checking account and a savings account, for example, um, I had to sit them down and let them know how a savings account will pay you uh, better, greater interest, but you can have fewer transactions, right? And a checking account is what you have to have multiple transactions. Uh, and, you know, we've had this revolution in online banking now where you have banks like Ally Bank or Capital One that now has an online version or Discover Bank where they do not have as many, well, Ally, for example, has no brick and mortar banks. And then in addition, they have, um, they give a refund to your ATM fees. Um, I would have my students sign up for these things. And so, you know, they have the ability to have a bank account and transact. And in addition, um, apply for a student credit card because I, I would share with them that if at age, the age of 18, they then they then establish their credit history now, uh, they, they can set themselves up for when in 20 years they're my age and they want to buy a house, they'll have a good credit score, one of the largest components being your credit, your, the age of your credit history, and they'll be able to get a better interest rate on their loans. And so I had to explain the difference to them, for example, between your statement balance and your overall balance and how if you, if you pay off your statement balance in full, you pay zero interest on the money on your credit card. So, you know, there was already this angle towards education in my school in which students, self-motivated, mind you, uh, you know, this was nothing that I, there was a requirement of them. They came to me on their own. And so now things like the Cash App, which, which is used widely in, in, in the area uh, with their own debit card, is, you know, fuel for them to get financial literacy and independence. Um, but the other, the other facet of this problem is that the crypto education in and of itself. Um, I'll give you an example. I, I spoke at an event, and it was a blockchain education for you know high school students or recent graduates. And these were all the students from Stuyvesant uh, or Bronx Science, which are the premier high schools in New York City. You know, these were self-motivated students from stable backgrounds and who had who have every advantage. And, you know, more power to them, they were able to recognize independently that blockchain can be a future avenue for their own professional growth. And again, cheers, you know, hopefully they, they do something in the space. The space needs people. But where my approach differs is that I thought very quickly and saw that a number of my students and a, a number of people in the neighborhood do not have, let's say, the financial background or stability to kind of participate in crypto as a novelty. And so my, my idea was to put cryptocurrency in their hands in the form of a grant for participating in crypto community education. Because in my view, crypto is community, and so the industry will benefit as a whole if they invest into these communities and create what I would call a crypto catalyst, right? Because 
you know, now suddenly the financial incentive is there for education in real time, you then do two things. You create crypto ambassadors and evangelists who have hands-on uh, hands experience. So based on the article that Heather Long wrote last year in the Washington Post, I was able to establish a relationship with the electric coin company, uh, and specifically Josh Swihart over there. And, you know, we've been speaking on and off about in the last year about how we can do something larger. And so originally it was going to be for a full month, but we pared it down to two days. And so with, with electric, the electric coin company's help uh, in sponsorship, I was able to do. Uh, I was able to create the crypto immersive experience um, for a, a handful of my ex students. I had personal involvement with all of them in relationships, um, and they were able to come and to experience hands-on crypto education with utilizing wallets, understanding the different types of wallets, the overall, let's say, the overall. This is this is a funny. Let's set up a funny story. The overall conflict between convenience and security that cryptocurrency wallets represent, and based upon the article um, and Josh's connections, uh, we were able to have speakers come from the industry and share their insights and experience, which which for my students, for any students really, um, has immense value. So we had Flexa, which uh, allowed for uh, their speed and app, which spend an app which would allow people to spend cryptocurrency, they did a real-time test with my students. So students earn Zcash, and then after they earn Zcash, they're able to spend it that day. We had Casa come by. We had Gemini come by. Um, we had Susan Joseph, which is a lawyer that specializes in blockchain and cryptocurrency regulation. We had Masari Capital, um, and we had two, uh, um, Beatrice O'Carroll and her partner, which are two OTC traders. And again, these people donated their time and so wow. you had the industry coming in and giving hands-on. And these kids, one of them already applied for an internship. Uh, another two are social media managers for a blockchain-based company. Because I shared with them now, after these two days, they have more experience in cryptocurrency than 99% of people in the world. And so they've wow. really differentiated themselves and in so the future for their future. And Carlos, so that's quite amazing um, what you've been able to accomplish in, in such a small amount of time. Um, what, if somebody's listening to this and if they want more information on the Crypto Community Project, how do they reach out to you? Uh, you know, we're still building a website. Uh, we have it, but, you know, well, actually one of the kids is helping me with that, but you could find me, uh, you can find me on Twitter. That seems to be the easiest way people can tweet out to me. Um, uh, C-L-A Acevedo 222 that's a long time ago I made that. But also, if you do hashtag Crypto Community Project, you can find all the participants and tweets. Um, in addition, you can reach out at carlos at cryptocommunityproject.com. So your hashtag is hashtag Crypto Community Project? Well, it's hashtag Crypto Community Project. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Got it. Um, no, that's all great Absolutely. stuff there. Um, awesome, Carlos. Uh, really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing uh, your background and all the great work you're doing there. Um, to the audience, I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. And uh, Carlos, thanks again for coming on the show.